Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I don't mean Natalie, we're supposed to get married today and um, just uh, got real nervous and was having really cold feet, you know, and um, just feel like everything's so rushed and, and um, yeah, it's not a good day. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Cara Berry, 90 Day Fiance Edition. Now, you guys, before we get started, I have had more people reach out to me about Seeking Sister Wife than anything ever in the history of Everyone's Business But Mine. I've had truly dozens of you being like, girl, ma'am, sister. Have you seen Seeking Sister Wife? The answer to that as of today is no. Will it be a different answer by the end of the week? Absolutely. You guys are really hyping the hell out of this show and I'm nervous. I'm excited. I hope that it lives up to all the hype because there is a lot of hype around it. If I'm into it, I will definitely talk about it next week. But for now, let's talk about... 90 Day Fiancé and Sister Wives. 90 Day Fiancé is first. Um, Boring. (laughs) Boring. You guys, there's nothing. There are a few things like less interesting that I find than a regular, degular reality TV wedding. If there's not like mess or whatever just like watching a bunch of ceremonies 
is incredibly boring to me. So on top of what has already been a boring season, you guys just like hit me back to back to back with a bunch of weddings and I like truly could not care less. So speaking of people I could not care less about, Brandon and Julia, again, let's get this out of the way. This, it feels like an insult to have to watch Brandon and Julia's storyline at this point because it feels so produced it feels so fake it feels like they were stuck with this couple and we're like we have to make drama let's just throw anything and everything at the wall to see if it sticks and you know like I don't like to be insulted I don't like my intelligence to be insulted I don't like my um you know I just I don't like it okay and so it just feels like an insult to have to watch these people um You know, we're still on this. Brandon doesn't care about the wedding. He's not invested. He's not involved. So Julia's mad. We see her, like, making floral arrangements for the wedding. And Brandon is, like, half interested. And Julia pops off and is like, you know, we don't have to get married. Right? Like, and just because we get married, it doesn't mean that we have to stay married. If I feel like you aren't giving me what I need and I don't feel appreciated just so you know Brandon I can leave I can leave you I can leave your spermy little uh hot tub therapy hot tub I can leave your mother and her hairspray I can leave your father I can leave all these little Brussels Griffons all the pigs all the chickens and it means nothing to me. I can leave this love seat that is clearly meant for the indoors, but it's outdoors on the porch. I can leave it all. And then Brandon's like, is that a threat? And then they just get into this weird, it goes from like them kind of having a serious conversation about their marriage to an emotional moment. And I don't really understand how that happened, but next thing I know, you know, Julia's going from like, you know, I don't, I don't care. (laughs) I don't care. I really don't care. You guys, I could not give a shit about Brandon and Julia. And that's just my truth. Okay. I just, I mean, what even happened? Ugh. At one point, Brandon decides to prove his love to Julia by making us see him chest up. I mean, we got a lot of shirtless Brandon, which is something that nobody asked for, I'm sure. He surprises her with a a bath, a bubble bath. (laughs) And I guess that's all that they needed to get ready for the wedding. The only good thing that could be said about that is, I mean, we all know how excited, according to Betty, that these um, warm water tub situations make Brandon. So at least he's draining this water out himself this time. That's really all I can say about that. They end up getting married and, you know, Betty is going into this long monologue about this is my baby and he'll always be my baby even though he has a wife now and oh oh, please um ron's like you know i'm still gonna be here right your husband and she's like yeah yeah i know but my baby so they end up getting married okay i mean There was one, they say their vows in Russian, like, 
Julia had the idea that they were going to write on canvases their wedding vows, but she was going to write hers in English and he was writing his in Russian and they were reciting them. You guys, I'm not even kidding you guys. <laughs> it was so boring to me, the actual ceremony that I fast forwarded, not knowing, not even thinking like, oh, I'm supposed to be watching this. Like, I was just like, I, my body was telling me, you know, we have to, you have to listen to your body. Sometimes you have to listen to your instincts and without even realizing what I was doing, my body was saying, no, don't do it. You have, you know, minutes and years left in this, in this world. Who's to say how long I'll, I'll be here. I could die right now. Don't waste it on watching Brandon and Julia Okay, that's just what my body was telling me. And I literally, I fast forwarded probably the entire ceremony. I don't know what happens because I refuse to rewind. I'm sure it was lovely. They said their vows. Um, do we need to get into the fashion? Let's talk about the fashion. Julia, listen, I understand this was not what she wanted. It was all very last minute. Julia said, Betty took me to the big store and we just got a dress. And this is not the dress that I would have wanted but I wore it. Her veil was longer than her actual dress. It was almost like a, um, no, wait, I'm see, I'm forgetting. <laughs> what is that cut where the, it just goes around your back. What is that called? I'm so stupid, but it's like a short kind of fifties, almost like a fifties style dress, but it didn't have the tool under it to give that like illusion. And it's, ugh, it, it like I said, the veil was longer than the dress and it seemed like she was wearing like maybe Vans low tops. I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, boring, boring. I can't even believe that I spoke a whole six minutes about this relationship. Um, let's move on to Yara and Jovi. Y'all know that I love Yara. She's the queen of my heart, the queen of this season of 90 Day Fiance, but there really was not a whole lot to talk about with them. Yara's in a better mood because she finally was able to convince Jovi that maybe he should put down the Bud Light and start caring about his marriage and his baby. So they ended up having a, a you know, room service romantic night the night before. Now they're out playing, I don't know, craps or uh, 21. I, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm not a Vegas girl, not a gambling girl. Um, they're at, you know, one of those little tables and betting and they're having a good time yards having a good time at one point she orders a water and jovi's friends are like you're not drinking isn't this vegas like why aren't you wanting to party and she's like oh you know i just you know she gives it right back to him she's ready you know she's like you know i want to drink water because i want to live and i'll probably live a lot longer than you guys who are sitting here chugging beers all day so what next klein do you have anything else? Um, what happens after that? Uh, Yara's, you know, she says she feels better. She's not ready to hop on a flight back to Ukraine right now. She's feeling good and ready to get married. She says, you know, that she genuinely felt like Jovi heard and understood her. So she's not going to, you know, try and pick fights anymore. Um, then they go because they don't have Jovi doesn't have a suit. They don't have their wedding rings. So they have to go and get wedding rings. They go with. Jovi's mom and Yara's like, really, I would like a ring that cost $10 billion, but I'll settle. I want it to, I want it to have big brilliance, 
but I'll settle. So they find a wedding band that they like. It's $1,200. I don't really know what the cost of a wedding ring goes for. $1,200 doesn't seem all that uh, crazy to me, right? I imagine you probably spend... I don't know, maybe like a couple thousand, maybe 5,000 if you're like really wealthy on the wedding ring. But I, I don't think that's like quite the expense that you would spend on an engagement ring. She found one that was 1,200. There was another one that was 1,000 that was like significantly uglier, more ugly. <laughs> he obviously Jovi wanted to go for the cheaper one, but uh, fortunately, Jovi's mom sticks up for Yara and is like, she's going to be wearing this forever. $1,200 really isn't that much for a forever ring. Thank you for being on his side because the other option truly was hideous. Um, that's really it. I mean, Jovi ends up going shopping for his suit and Miss Ma'am, who was helping the employee that was helping him was like ready for the camera. She looked like, I don't know, some sort of retired WWE diva. And she was making jokes, cracking jokes left and right. Like, are you really think you want to get married? Oh, you're marrying a Ukrainian girl? That's real Vegas. Um, oh, maybe you should get a gray suit because that's going to match your like Graceland wedding. Are you sure that this is what you want to do, Jovi? Like, you seem like a party boy. <laughs> she knew. She knew already that this dude liked to not be responsible. And she was like, I can tell. Are you sure you really want to do this? Because I can smell. I can smell it on you. This somehow prompts uh, Jovi's dad and friend. I'm assuming this is also Klein. Uh, he's got two friends there. And it's like Lisa Barlow and Meredith Marks from uh, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Like, I can't tell the difference between the other one and the other. It's going to take several episodes. And, like, Klein and the other one are not the uh, stars of the show. So whichever friend this was, they're both named Klein to me. That's it. Um, so Jovi's dad and Klein. Jovi's dad has a beer in his hand, by the way. Like, sir. <laughs> I guess we know who he gets it from. They're like, oh, are you sure that this is something you want to do? Because you're real. You really like to party. And I th feel like you're just going to go back to New Orleans and start drinking again. And I just want you guys to really think about whether this is not, whether this is something that you want to do. I, I don't know. Okay. I mean, we know they got married. So whatever. <laughs> Let's move on to Tariq and Hazel. Out of the marriages that we see, out of the weddings that we saw this episode, this was the best one, for sure. It was actually like, it looked like two people who really loved and also respected each other and also had a friendship. And it also was like, Tariq seemed to be very genuinely in love with Hazel and it was just nice. So let's talk about it. So they're getting married. You guys remember that like weird spiritual center that Tariq showed Hazel in the beginning of where he wanted to get married. And she was like, mm, I don't know about that, sir. That's not really my jam, not my religion, but okay. Uh, so they're getting married there. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, they can't get married in the church because the churches at this point in Virginia are not open. Um, so Tariq's mom and Hazel's parents are supposed to be watching the wedding via, you know, Zoom. Um, Hazel obviously is concerned because she had just 
came she just come out to her parents as a beautiful bisexual butterfly and she was like i i just worried that they're not gonna want to watch this and support me because of what i told them fortunately they do fortunately they do Tariq starts talking kind of about his family like he, he says the reason why his mom didn't come is because she was right at that age where you know covid was a high risk um he has a brother who showed up, but it was not Dean, not the Dean that we have seen on the show before. It's a different brother who drove all the way from Salt Lake City to be at the wedding. And, you know, he says, I don't really have a relationship with Dean right now. So I'm just really happy that out of my family, my brother was able to show up. Um, they, Hazel's parents do end up watching the ceremony. She looked beautiful. <laughs> The thing that really cracked me up is that Hazel was getting ready and she was getting her hair done by Phyllis, the hairstylist. Now, did you guys catch that curling iron? <laughs> because as a black woman, I know that curling iron well. That was the curling iron that we used to use back in the day that was like, I mean, passed down from the ancestors, truly. I have not seen a curling iron like that <laughs> since like the 90s. And even then, that was like a curling iron that you, that it was old then. I mean, this looks like Sojourner Truth gave her that curling iron. It does not even have a cord. It is pure metal. It's for those of you guys who aren't black women and who have not had to bear the burdens of pressing your hair, hot combing your hair, curling your hair. I'll let me just hype you onto something. So when you use those tools like that, you have to use a heating element because there's no heating element within the curling iron. So what you do is if you're at like a salon, they have this like, like heating pad is kind of circular so you can stick things in and it kind of heats it from all angles right but if you don't if you're just at home you use the stove to set it on fire <laughs> and heat it properly it is i could not believe that this hairstylist in 2020 was still using the, the underground railroad <laughs> of curling irons and secondly i'm thinking these hot tools are used on black hair not asian hair like it is a very different situation i'm sitting there watching with my breath baited being like this is is her hair gonna just fall right out <laughs> i don't think her hair can take this this is for like a a much kinkier curlier hair patterns fortunately her hair ended up looking very nice at any rate, um, the wedding went well, and uh, where I'm, I'm, I'm looking. Tariq, <laughs> like, what is this man's name? Tariq uh, says some really nice things about how he had basically he had kind of given up on love until he had found Hazel, and he's just so appreciative of her and. Um, you know, Hazel says that, you know, she promises to be a good wife and a good stepmom to Ari. And that was it. Like, it was really nice. I have to say, out of the weddings that we saw, it was probably the prettiest one as well. Um, 
it was nice that I can't even really roast uh, Tariq's suit. And you know I want to do that. <laughs> so uh, that was basically it. Hale's like, I'm the boss now and I'm happy. And I'm like, yes, queen, you are. All right, y'all, let's move on to Rebecca and Ziad. So Rebecca's, you know, begrudgingly getting married because, you know, she just loves the drama, right? Um, she says, I love Ziad. But, I mean, she's been fighting it this whole time, getting married before Ramadan, right? So over in the um, cabin titled The Lovebird 2, Ziad is really getting his hair um cute for the wedding using his words <laughs> he is using every single product that he can use hairspray his brush he is given like i'm trying to give you know parakeet realness and i just want my hair as tall as it can be you know bigger the hair closer to god right closer to allah for you right he looked great no, he didn't. Um, so <laughs> not all of Rebecca's kids can attend the wedding because the son that we met that has the kids, he couldn't find a babysitter. It was like kind of shaky because of COVID. So, um, you know, we have Tiffany <laughs> and I think maybe another kid was there, but Tiffany is there with her weird ass boyfriend. The one who's been so like, territorial and like just he really skeeves me out but Tiffany starts talking about how you know I couldn't attend my mom's first wedding because I wasn't born yet but this is now the third wedding of my mother's that I will be attending and hoping that this is the last one (laughs) Tiffany's boyfriend says you know I have my doubts and concerns but you know I hope for his sake that he doesn't try to do anything stupid Okay, this man might as well just be like, I went to the Capitol January 6th, 2021. Like, FBI, just please come and pick me up. Like, he makes me so uncomfortable. He is the kind of guy that, like, if I were to, if, like, if I needed to go to a gas station to fill up and I saw him, I'd be like, where's the next Texaco? Like, I, I'm not, I don't feel comfortable and I don't like it. Um... Rebecca tries to explain why her dress is too small. And this cracked me the hell up. She's, you guys, (laughs) what she tells us is that she ordered the dress online. She sized up two sizes. And then she says it must have been altered because now I can't fit. Girl, (laughs) do you think these people that you bought a dress from online really took the time to alter it to make it smaller for what for what Rebecca now we know and I'm not talking about either of these people's sizes or their bodies but it's very clear that um how do I put this lightly uh you know Stacey London once said that, you know, people sometimes look bigger if they don't wear the correct sizes, it ends up actually shooting them in the foot. So we have to be realistic about what size we actually are. And we know that that is a very hard, uh, difficult issue with Zied and his very snug 
too tight sweaters and it seems to also be an issue with Rebecca. Now Rebecca, most of us have gained weight during the pandemic. There's no shame in that. You're a beautiful woman. But don't tell me that this online store <laughs> went out of their way <laughs> to alter dress to make it smaller <laughs> for you, girl. That did not happen. That didn't happen. You gained weight. You already said you gained weight. It's fine. So now she has to, she said last episode, you know, I'm just going to wear a corset. Of course, I'm thinking she's going to put the corset on and then put the dress on. But no, she actually put the corset on over her dress. Okay. Getting those cluster headaches again. (laughs) I was not expecting that. She looks like the queen of the Renaissance Fair, complete with the um, horse-drawn, you know, carriage that she rides from her cabin to the gazebo was probably about a 35-second trip. If anything, they probably, Zied probably saw her (laughs) get into it and then watched her get all the way to the gazebo. Oh, it's it's a whole production. Now, when Zied said that the outfit that he bought, the suit that he had for the wedding was red and with blue shoes, we all thought this was going to be like a like a cherry red suit. But fortunately, he it was more of like a burgundy. And you couldn't really tell the blue. Like, I thought he was going to look like a bomb pop, you know? <laughs> like one of those popsicles that you can get from a an ice cream truck. That's what I thought he was going to give. But fortunately, he, I mean, he did look like an extra or like one of the characters from Uncut Gems. But, you know... It was better than what I was picturing. I will say that. So to JP, who texted me asking if I had seen the outfit, I have to say my official opinion is that it was better than I expected. So there's your answer, JP. Um, The ceremony, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Like, do people not just have a go-to khaki a button-down shirt. Like, regardless of what your lifestyle is day-to-day, I thought we all had, like, every man had, like, a decent pant and a decent button-down shirt. I don't care where you get it from. You can get it from the Walmart. But I just thought that, like, we all had, like, one nice outfit that we could wear to an occasion, a wedding, a funeral, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, something something right uh so (laughs) rebecca has her tiffany's boyfriend and some man named cody walk her down the aisle now we're at wedding number four and she was talking about how important this wedding was and how she wanted this to be her last wedding and how she's never getting married again if this doesn't work out and how Zied, you, if you think in some point in the future that you want to have kids, just let you know that you are not leaving me, you're not allowed, right? So I would think since this wedding was so important to her that she might have told uh, Cletus and uh Daryl to not look like this was some sort of Duck Dynasty wedding special. Both of them, it was like they had, like, did they call each other the night before and plan these outfits? It was, they were twinning. 
they were twinning. They were both wearing like not, um, not seven jeans, but they look like them. It was like the Walmart version of a, not a seven jean. What are, what are those jeans that all the douchebags used to wear back in the day? True religion. They were like the Walmart version of like a true religion jean. So they're both wearing those jeans. They're both wearing these like button downs, but not a, a special occasion button down. This is just like an everyday. I wear this shirt when I'm like spitting tobacco kind of button down shirt. They're both wearing green reflective sunglasses and trucker hats. I mean, at least they were matching, I guess. But again, like, it's just giving real, like, this couple is about to ride off in a truck that has a huge Keep America Great flag at the back. You know what I mean? It was an interesting vibe, to say the least. Um, gosh, is anything happening other than that? No, not really. I mean, after they get married, Rebecca starts talking about how great it is and how much of a relief it is to not have that 90 day deadline looming over them. And I'm thinking, okay, well, you've been complaining this whole time about how this is rushed, but now you feel great. Okay. Well, what was all that drama for Rebecca? A question that I always have to ask about everything that Rebecca does. So let's move on. Congratulations to you, Zied. Let's end with Mike and Natalie. So in their timeline, it's April of 2020. There are three days left before Natalie's visa expires. We all know what happened last week. She and Tamara from down, down at the holler decide to drive to Seattle so they can get a hotel for the night and uh, Natalie can go to France the following day and then figure out a way to get to Ukraine. So they're on their way. Um, Mike... In the meantime, he's like shuffling it in the kitchen and kicking the leftover pink slippers that Natalie left at the house. And, you know, he's like, he sits down and he sets up his camera to talk to production. So the production's like, what's going on? And he says, you know, like, I, I got really nervous of getting married and I was having really cold feet. <sighs> and then he says, you know, like everything, it, you know, everything was going on and he woke up that morning and he just got nervous and... He's like, I have just like a lot of shit going through my head. So I told Natalie that I was having reservations and she basically packed up and left. He said, you know, it feels really odd not having her here. So then Natalie and Tamara get to the hotel and they find out without Mike's ID or without him present, they can't clear it. So this to me is like, did you guys really just go through all this for the show or was this actually real? Their relationship is so, ugh, <laughs> so like their dynamic is so off and weird that it's hard to understand. Like the lines are blurred between reality and and show. I have to say, because to me it's like why there's all these situations, circumstances that happen to where Natalie basically has to go back and spend the night with Mike. So Tamara doesn't, I guess, doesn't want to put it on her card. To me. It's like, why didn't you just have Tamra put it on a debit card and then you pay her back, Mike? It, it just didn't make sense. Um, and then also Natalie's like, or, or they, he's just going to leave me off on the streets. Like, no, he's not. 
she's truly acting like little orphan Natalie. Like, I don't have a place to go. I, I'm just going to be out here. Like, he's literally going to leave me here to be homeless. So then she says that Tamara can't host her. She can't have her spend one night with her because her house is full. Not one night. You can't sleep on the couch for one night. You can't set up a pallet on the on the floor for a night. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. So she's like, I, Natalie's like, I just have no choice. But like, we have to drive the three hours back to swim from Seattle and try and figure things out. We don't see any conversation between Tamara and Mike about how they can't get it or how she's going to have to come back. She can't spend the night with me. None of this conversation at all. Um, so then we see Natalie the next morning and she says that she and Mike slept in separate uh, bedrooms because she was angry and didn't want to talk to him when she got back. So since then, she's basically been walking around the house, ignoring Mike and says, you know, I feel like the whole world is against me and I'm not strong enough to cope with it. I don't know where she's getting this feeling from, but I'm gonna let you have a girl. I feel like Mike is truly a manipulative piece of garbage and I just, all of this is gross. Um, Mike says, you know, he feels terrible for what he did, but he wants to sit down with Natalie and try and work on things. You have had 80-something days to try and work on things, Michael. Ugh, he's so... Ugh, he's vile. So Mike is able to get Natalie to sit down and talk, and he says, you know, it was hard for me to tell you that I didn't want to get married. And then he says, you know, I just got cold feet, but she's like, doesn't literally doesn't know what the phrase cold feet is so he's like you know trying to explain i'm i got nervous because we're not in a normal situation so natalie and myself think that mike is not being honest and says like who cancels their wedding two hours before the ceremony and mike tries to get out of it and be like oh you know plenty of people do that natalie's like i don't know a single person who's done that and he's like oh well i don't either but you know i know what happens okay what does it have to do with us stupid if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Pick.com. 
Natalie says, I got rejected two hours before the wedding and everybody's going to laugh at me. What did I do to you to deserve that? Mike says he's taking responsibility. And Natalie's like, yeah, you should. (laughs) So Mike says, you know, I was an asshole and I'm sorry that I put you in that position, Natalie. And I never wanted you to leave. Natalie's like, you know, I put a lot into this relationship. I came over here and now I'm mad at you because I feel like you didn't give me the respect that I wanted. So Mike tells Natalie, you know, he loves her very much and he didn't mean to hurt her. (laughs) Okay. She actually forgives him. They move on. So now they're trying to figure out what is plan B? What are our options right now? Since we're literally hours down to the wire of Natalie having to go back to Europe, right? So they video chat with what I'm calling lawyer Leslie. She's an immigration lawyer and she's here to talk about their options. So Mike tells her the deal. He's like, you know, this is our situation. I heard on the news that like immigration wasn't being very strict about sending people back because of COVID. So he's trying to rely on Ukrainians, the the Ukraine's borders being closed and what he, some rumor that he heard probably from fucking, uh, what's his name, Andrew, that it would be fine for her to stay because they're not really out here trying to catch people and take them back, make them go back to their home country. Lawyer Leslie is like, there's really not a whole lot of information right now in terms of visa forgiveness or anything like that. So my suggestion would be that you guys get married tomorrow because that's the last day that you guys have. Natalie says in an interview, like, I'm really not okay. Like, it seems like Mike is trying to, like, get off on technicalities and have me stay here under sketchy circumstances, but I'm not trying to be here illegal in this country. I don't want to do that. So Mike tells Leslie that all the tea. Like, we've been having issues in our relationship. It's been a high-stress situation. You know, is this really going to be that big of a deal for her to stay? Because there are probably thousands of people in the country who, you know, whose visas have expired at this point. Lawyer Leslie's like, I don't recommend you go down that path. (laughs) Like, at all? Don't do that. Um, And then they're trying to figure out, like, okay... If I'm in this country and God forbid something happens with my mom, she's alone. I, if I need to get, if there's circumstances in which I need to get to her, I'm not going to be able to come back in the country. Right. And she's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are immigration people at every airport. They will get your ass girl and they will make sure that you do not enter this country. Um. So Natalie says in an interview, this was like, I, Never loved Natalie before, more than this moment. She's like, basically, I'm in this situation because of Mike, because he kept pushing back the wedding date further and further out. And now I feel like I'm having to rely on somebody who is incapable of making decisions. <laughs> that is absolutely right, Natalie. I would be... I, I mean, you don't even... I don't even know what I would do. I would never be able to be chill in a situation like this. Like I I could not, I wouldn't be able to be calm. I could not handle a situation like this. So lawyer Leslie says my advice would just be to get married tomorrow. 
I understand you guys are in a high stress situation. And then Natalie tries to like get Buck on lawyer Leslie. And she's like, no, you don't understand because he canceled the wedding two hours before. And I don't feel secure because he's changing his mind all the time. And it's not okay with me. So can you tell me what to do? <laughs> it's like, ma'am, Leslie can't do anything for you other than what she's told you repeatedly, which is you need to get married tomorrow. Otherwise you're going to have to go home tomorrow. Okay. Um, <laughs> she's like, you know, lawyer Leslie's like, what you're asking me is not really like a legal question. It's more of like a personal one. And I think you guys have a lot of personal issues that you guys need to figure out before you might invest thousands of dollars into the immigration process. They really have no time. You know, they don't have any options. Natalie says, thank you for telling me what I needed to hear. And then she stares like Jim Halpert at the camera. One of the cameras that they have stepped up in the room. Like, <laughs> ain't this some bullshit, right? Um, so even after that video chat with the lawyer, Mike is still acting like a complete brat about the whole situation. It's as though he has no idea why Natalie might be frustrated because, hello, her only options in life at this point are to get married to you or to go to Ukraine and she has less than 24 hours to figure out which one she's doing. High stress. High stress. So she's trying to get his attention because she's in the living room and he is in another room and she says like she's trying to get his attention. He's like I'm not in the room. <laughs> and so she's trying to communicate to him and she's yelling because He's in a different room and he's like not trying to get into another one. He's like, stop. You need to stop yelling at me. Okay, well, get your bitch ass into this room then. Like, we don't have time for you to be like pushing your size 13, dragging your size 13 feet around this cabin <laughs> because you can't figure out what it is that you want to do, bro. And like, yeah, you're act. I mean, he, he has, it, it's so selfish. <laughs> That he's truly acting like he doesn't have a care in the world because really he doesn't like she's the one who's going to have to go through all this shit. She's the one that's going to have to pack her shit again and go back to the airport again and figure all this out. Like, <laughs> and also if she just went back to swim that night, why didn't she just go? Why didn't he just take her to the airport in the morning? See, this is why I'm questioning things. I'm questioning things. Natalie says, you know, they sit down in the in the bedroom. And Natalie's like, okay, we only have two options. Hello? What is your opinion on the subject, sir? And Mike's like, well, well I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> I would have hit him in the head at this point. I would have thrown a chancleta at him. I would have taken one of, I don't know, Bo's vintage rocker tees and just like ugh, just kill me okay um she uh, natalie says you know i feel like i push you all the time but no matter what i say it doesn't really seem to matter to you natalie says this has been a really stressful situation and i'm at the point of like i don't know what i'm staying here for because you're sitting here like a fucking bump on a log 
acting like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what my options are with hours left to go. The clock is running out. The sands of time are, you know, but a little bit of sand. I don't know what the metaphor is. <laughs> uh, Mike says, you know, he starts to say like, you know, because of all, everything that's going on, it's just been really difficult as if COVID is the reason for this and not the fact that they have a completely dysfunctional relationship. <laughs> okay. You truly have been hemming and hawing for the entire 88 days that she's been here, but now COVID is the issue. Okay. So in an interview, a producer asked Mike, like, what can Natalie do to convince you to get married? And Mike's like, you know, I don't have an answer for that. How do you answer something like that? I I don't know. I wish you would figure it out because you're the only person, the only person who can answer it, Mike. So maybe you should think about that. And with that, that was the end of 90 Day Fiance for this week. And let's move on to... Sister wives. All right, y'all. Let's talk about sister wives. Ooh, another absolute banger coming out of the Brown family. Loved it. So we start off very cursed, I would say, with uh, Cody doing side planks and huffing and puffing and just like a lot of heavy breathing that I don't feel like any of us should have to experience. I didn't appreciate it. And it was like a pretty long scene of him doing those side planks. I don't even know what he was talking about. It was so distracting. He was doing sit-ups, using Robin's bed. I mean, my God, help us all. He's upset because he can't pump iron in the gym. So he has to, you know, do little mini sit-ups in Robin's room. Okay. Well, their room, really. So this is like a big birthday episode. So the birthdays have all come up. There are a bunch of them in a row. There are five birthdays within 10 days spanning Janelle, Robin and Cody (laughs) and Christine's families, right? So it's just about how things have changed. The you guys, I, I just have to say that I think that the Browns have to pick a lane because y'all let it all hang out. In the first three episodes, talking about how you guys don't talk, how you don't really hang out with each other, how the separation is really, excuse me, really um, affecting your family culture and all of this stuff. But then we have these moments where they talk about COVID affecting the family culture and how they don't see, they can't see each other and how upset they are that they can't be each other, like be with each other like they normally are. And I just like... It's got to be one or the other. You guys either see each other or you don't. You're either not seeing each other because of COVID or it's business as usual. Like, I just want you guys to come up with a game plan because everybody is saying both at the same time and I'm confusion. You know what I mean? Um, we start off with Janelle because gerbil or... Um, golf ball is having his birthday. He's the first one and they're all eating together. And Janelle's talking about how sad it is. And, um, Robin's having a birthday for Brianna or maybe Aurora. They both had a birthday at the same point. At some point, it doesn't really matter who, but, um, Cody and Robin, you know, the real family, the real Browns are sitting at the table eating dinner for whichever's birthday. And, um, 
they were talking, they start talking about how peaceful things are and Cody agrees and Robin looks at him like, shut it down. Keep it tight, sir. We're trying to create the illusion that we're all trying to be one family here. And what you just said is damaging that completely. You could tell she was so mortified that he said that. And she said it was because, you know, I just don't want to put that out there. And I, you know, whatever. And it's just like, girl, you know what's happening here. You know what's happening. You know how the family culture is. You know what the state of the family union is. Stop it. (laughs) like give it up delicious you don't I mean you saying that like you wish things could be other ways and you want this family to be this way and you wish that this wife was getting along with Cody and you know you were wanting to bridge gaps all along it doesn't mean that that's the reality of the situation this shit is a mess and Cody saying it's peaceful doesn't really reveal anything more than he's been revealing for the past several years, which is that you are his true wife. This is his nuclear family. And COVID isn't really changing that for me, you guys. I'm not seeing anything new. I'm just seeing it more blatantly being displayed than it ever has before. You guys, I have to say that I found myself being really frustrated by Christine this week because of Truly. And I'm trying to give grace to the fact that at this point of what we're seeing, everything is still very new. It's about a year ago of what we're seeing. Um, And I'm trying to be nice about it. But I just found myself being very frustrated. First of all, we see a scene where Christine and her girls, so truly being one of them, and Isabel and the other one, I don't know you guys, <laughs> um, Gwendolyn, they are going to Robin's house to say happy birthday to one of the girls, right? So on the way, Christine's filming as they're driving. She's in the passenger seat and they're She's recording truly sharing her thoughts and expressing her feelings about the rules in terms of like the stay at home order and her confusion over why can we not as a family all be together if the rule is that families can be together. And Christine says, you know, sometimes truly she's a true, truly is like a very logical person and I don't want to begrudge truly. She's a child, okay? She's just trying to work this out in her child brain. Truly's wrong, okay? <laughs> truly is factually incorrect, even a year ago, because the logic is that they're talking about households. You guys do not live in the same household. So what I find frustrating about Christine is that Christine doesn't seem to want to explain that to Truly because she agrees with Truly. That's not how it works. (laughs) Christine, you're being selfish and your selfishness is making your child upset. This is probably a hot take, but I just felt like she's kind of doing Truly a disservice and she's confusing her when the answer is clear. Like, I get why Truly... Yeah, you guys are technically the same family. You do all have the same father. These are your siblings. But 
you guys don't all live in the same house. That's the rule. I don't understand what would be so difficult about telling your child that. Like, and it didn't seem like until she got to Robin and Cody's house that that had been explained to her. Like, because she's, they're standing six feet apart and Ariella is trying to give truly a stuffed animal that truly, I guess, had left behind the last time she was there or one of the last times she was there. So truly keeps trying to get it back. Truly is what four. she's standing in the doorway, trying to talk to truly and saying like, Hey, here's your bear. Like she doesn't, I understand that she doesn't get it, but then truly is asking, Oh, can I go inside and play with Arielle and Solomon? And it, like I said, it didn't really seem until like until Cody said, we're trying to keep you guys safe. This is in the best interest. This is actually a, better way to treat your family because you're keeping them safe it seemed like that had not been explained to her until that very moment and I just felt very frustrated like you could have saved this kid a lot of grief because I think that's a pretty a simple explanation that a child her age or even younger could understand did y'all pick up on that I don't know I just found that a little bit annoying you guys, I have to tell you that I fucking died at Mariah and Audrey <laughs> jumping ship from Mary's house <laughs> a week and a half into their supposed two-week quarantine. That was so fucking funny to me. So they decide, and I guess to preface this, RIP to Mary's mother. She just passed away suddenly over the weekend. Very sad. They, okay, so... Mariah and Audrey concoct a scheme, I believe, in my belief, in my mind, they were so sick of being with Mary that they were like, okay, we're going to do a little, like, <laughs> like a swap here, right? Um, we're going to convince my mom that my grandma should come and stay with her and that we'll take care of the bed and breakfast. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. So it works. It really works. (laughs) It really works. So the deal is that, uh, what's your favorite? Mary bought this house this haunted house that was her ancestor's home. And she has managed to browbeat her mother into being the innkeeper, right? For this bed and breakfast. There are four rooms that people can stay in and times are different, right? 
times are different. The grandma doesn't really want to close it down just in case, but Mary's not comfortable with that. So Mary starts talking about this thing called, oh, I blessings, blessings, where it seems like in the LDS faith that it's like a sign, right? Like you get these blessings over your time and it kind of gives you direction for your life and it gives you sort of a purpose. And I guess Mary's mom's purpose is that she's supposed to be like a shelter for people and that she likes to take people in and care for them and make sure that they're safe and all that. Right. So this is apparently like right up her street. Right. So she's been staying there. Has anybody stayed at that heritage inn? Can anybody tell me? Is there a welcome book? Can somebody take a picture of a welcome book? I want to see if anybody signed it. Because you know Mary's the type to have like a sign in. Oh, tell us where you're from. And, you know, oh, here's the the Smith family coming in from Colorado Springs. Like, you know, she's got something corny like that right at the front door. Anyway, I just want to see the log to see if anybody has actually lived there. Or is this like an investment property, Mary? I have questions. I'm just saying I have questions. So the deal her mom's been staying there. She wants to keep it open. And so Mariah and Audrey, who have no experience in running a business, running a bed and breakfast, running an inn, doesn't really matter because they probably know in the back of their minds in COVID times, even though people have to technically travel, there are still essential people. What is the likelihood that somebody is going to be rolling through Parowan? in need of a shelter? Mm, not likely. Not bloody likely. <laughs> so they're like, all right, we've got a house that we can go to, be by ourselves, away from Mary. We can leave our little child dog Mosby, by the way. We'll stick him over with mom and we'll have a good time in this nice haunted Victorian mansion in wherever the fuck Parowan, Utah. Okay. They've got it all figured out. Poor Mary, none the wiser, is like so upset. She's like, oh, I, I thought they were going to be living here for a couple months. And now they're out that nine days in, they've concocted this uh, wife swap, parent swap situation. So funny to me. Mary had no idea. Mary had no idea. By the way, at some point, Mosby was wearing what looked to be like a, um, a corset or a... Um, you know, like some kind of shapewear. I don't know if it was skims. I don't know. I don't really understand. Maybe it was Fabletics. I, maybe it was like a leftover piece of fabric from Lugalero that he got stuck in. I'm not sure. I just had questions about why he was wearing what looked to be like a tube top. Um, it was an interesting look for a Pomeranian. I'll, I'll just say that. I, what else? Have, oh, God. Ooh. How could I even say what else happened? Because what else happened? Drama, drama and mess. So we all know Mary and Cody don't really fuck with each other. They don't hang out. They don't really speak. He doesn't go over to that house, right? We all know that. So it appears that there has been a pre-scheduled meeting for Cody to come over to the house. He is under the impression that Mariah and Audrey are there and that at the end of the two weeks, he will be able to visit with them, right? 
So he goes over to the house, not knowing that Mariah and Audrey had left a week ago, (laughs) a week prior. So he's sitting out and he's being so awkward. You guys, so awkward is Mary. He's making these like weird uh, jokes and you could just tell he's jumping out of his skin because he does not want to have a conversation with her. He's being even more corny than Cody usually is, which, you know, record breaker. So anyway, they're sitting there having this like awkward, stilted, drawn out conversation and He's like, hey, um, wouldn't now be the time where I could see Mariah and Audrey? I'd really like to see Mariah and Audrey. Where are Mariah and Audrey so I can stop talking to you? <sighs> and then, well, can I just side note, you guys? I have something, what I feel is a controversial yet brave opinion, okay? Sometimes in your life, you have to stand up and tell the truth. The truth is not pretty, okay? But, you know. That's just how life goes sometimes. I just want to say that I feel as though that perhaps just something you can chew on it. You can, I'm just putting it out there. If you don't like it, send it back. Do you perhaps think that maybe Robin and Mary's eyebrows, like, you know, Have you ever seen, have you guys ever seen a picture of like when they put, when somebody puts uh, some like, like eyeliner on a dog to make eyebrows? Is that, I'm just saying like, I've, you know, there's a comparison to be made there. I'm not saying that either of those ladies look like dogs. I'm just saying they look like when you put eyebrows on dogs. That's what their eyebrows look like. Anyway, just, I'm just, I just felt like that's something that I needed to say and and we'll move on. We'll move on. So anyway, Mary has to reveal that Mariah and Audrey left, um, about a week ago. Uh, didn't tell you, didn't bother to tell you and didn't think that like, you know, probably you would not be coming over if I had told you. So just let that slip. So the producer asks Mary, you're being slick, aren't you? Like you knew that they weren't there. And Mary's like, <laughs> and then she gets all emotional. She's like, we don't speak to each other. And it's like, okay, well, Mary, you could have sent him a text and said, Hey, at some point in the past week, because you knew that Cody was coming over, that maybe just send him a text and say, Hey, Mariah and Audrey aren't there. Or tell Mariah, Hey, tell your dad that you left and went to a different state. But that didn't occur to you. So now we have to sit and feel bad for you because you sat on some information for a week and you didn't want to make it seem like you did it on purpose. So you made it like a guilt thing. Like, oh, we don't speak to each other. Okay, Mary. Okay. If that's the game you want to play, fine. I'll give you this one. But if you do it again, I'm going to have to address it more. Okay. Um, I just don't like being played for a fool, you know? And I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Um, so they have to have this, like Cody's face just falls. (laughs) Like you may as well have told him that Mariah and Audrey got into a car accident. 
Like, he was devastated. He was devastated and he was pissed because then he's like, what the hell am I here for? What am I here for? Um, so they're having a conversation and she's saying, you know, what the deal was, my mom, I don't want her in the line of fire. They can run it. And Cody is like me, like, why didn't they just shut it down? She probably wasn't going to be making even the light bill. If the kids, if somebody was staying there, just shut it down. You know, I, I'm happy that her mom is safe, but I'm sad because I wanted to see Mariah and Audrey. So then Saved by the Bell, Robin calls. And here's my question, you guys. Of course, Robin knew that he was over there. You know the state of their relationship. What did you need to talk to him so badly for? Why? Why did you need to talk to him at that moment? You live together. You've been living together. We all know it. Did you really need... You, he can't go anywhere. <laughs> Is, did you really need him? Did you really need to FaceTime him in the middle of his time at Mary's? If you want this family, family to be together so badly. So then, oh my God, Cody tells on himself so badly. As soon as Robin calls, he stops mid-sentence of whatever he was saying to Mary he stops, looks at his phone. And by the way, when he got there, he was talking about how he and Robin had gotten selfie sticks. And it was such a, like a relation, like me and my wife, we got these selfie sticks because we're so tired of, you know, having to hold our phones to film. And this is so much easier. And, uh, you know, it, this phone is so slick. It's like a, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a wet seal. That was the joke, you guys. I, it was so awful that I didn't even want to repeat it. But that was the joke that his phone is like a wet seal. That's how awkward he feels around Mary that he had to make that bottom of the barrel ass joke. It's not even a joke. It's not even funny. <laughs> it's a comparison comparing your phone to a wet seal. Anyway, um, it's so he's stopping mid sentence and he's like, oh, can we cut? Because it's Robin. You want to cut tape because Robin's calling and you need to take this phone call immediately. And it needs to be private, so turn your camera off, Mary. So she's calling, never an explanation as to what she's calling for. And then uh, Cody goes up to Mary, because they're separated at this point. You know, they're socially distanced, six feet apart in the driveway. He goes up to, like, have this three conversations to get Mary into the shot. So he goes over to Mary and then it's this kind of like awkward back and forth of, oh, should you be standing close to me? How many people have you been with? How many people has grandma been with? How many people has Mariah and Audrey been exposed to? Like trying to weigh out how risky it is for them to be sitting in each other's space, in each other's bubble. So then Cody makes the worst comment that he could have possibly made. First of all, he asks Robin, is it okay? He asks Robin if it's okay for him to stand next to Mary. What are we doing here, guys? <laughs> I mean, tell on yourself again, Cody. Tell on yourself again. Um, so... Uh, Mary makes some comments like, you know, stand away from me. Like, just don't worry about it. You can just stay away from me. Stand back, you know? And Cody says, 
oh, it didn't work out for you the last time you said that. <gasps> so everybody's like, what does he mean by that? Um, he's referring to f- five years ago, Catfish Gate. And then they have to explain this terrible joke that Cody tried to make that plums us right into the very depths of Mary and Cody's dysfunction and the very time and moment in which they officially were like a bridge too far with their relationship there was the point of no return that is the joke that he made so here's the story Mary had been catfished she was seeking greener pastures in the form of an online love person that she thought was a man turned out to be a woman okay catfished this was 2015 and at that point things were bad between Cody and Mary uh, Mary who had been just trying to figure everything out she had been getting the attention that she thought she deserved and wanted and it didn't work out consequently or concurrently um she is pushing Cody away And just says, you know, like, just give me time. I think you should maybe not live in the house. I can figure things out. We can figure things out. And then, uh, you know, we'll move forward from from there. Basically, Cody says that, well, what Mary says is that Cody took that shit personally. Yeah. Can you imagine your husband taking it personally that he does, that you don't want him to live together with him? That you don't want to live with him. Like, ooh, did he take that personally, Mary? What a, what a surprise. What a surprise. And this was really, like, I have to admit, I hadn't really thought about, like, how much this catfishing situation has affected Cody. Um, I obviously know that he holds a lot of resentment towards Mary, and I know that he... um. You know, he just feels some type of way and he has every right to feel that way. And I've always felt that. But I guess I just didn't really take in how serious that was. So he is talking about how it affected him. And, you know, he's like, basically, after she told me that, we never really got it back together. And I've been very angry and very resentful of the fact that Mary did that this entire time. And only in the past several months have I gotten that feeling of forgiveness, but I've forgiven her for myself and for my own peace. But that doesn't mean that I have any romantic feelings for Mary anymore. So Mary, who I really feel does still hold some kind of affection or hope that there's a chance in hell that they'll make it and get back on the other side with each other. Um, if I were Mary, I would be devastated to hear something like that because there's nothing worse than somebody being indifferent. <laughs> like at least if he were mad at you, there's a little bit of, he cares, you know, but now he's just like, I'm not even mad at her. He says that like they're able to maintain a more friendly relationship, but he doesn't feel anything for her. That sucks, Mary. (laughs) 
And that's something that you have to answer for. Woo! Another great episode, you guys, of Sister Wives. So tonight I'm going to sit back and it's going to be my night to watch Surviving, or no, what is it called? Surviving Sister? Nope. <laughs> Talking about the podcast, Surviving Sister Wives. Check it out, by the way. It's a great podcast. Seeking Sister Wife is what I'm talking about. I'll be checking that out pretty much right after I'm done with this. So hopefully I enjoy it and we'll talk about it next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Bye. Bye.